Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Eli, I can't deal with your notes. They're making me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Jew guy isn't impressed. Dead eye guy also isn't impressed. Hey, should we interview Admiral Akbar? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Dead eye guy? I'm supposed to take him... At no point does someone walk in the frame and go, sorry about his eyes, guys. A- <laughs> let me let me poke those back in and we'll get that again. <laughs> like someone hugged a pug too hard. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, unless we find something worse, in which case we apparently do that. I'm your host, <laughs> No Illusions, and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. So, uh, according to this movie, that's seven times more than all the miles. That's uh, <laughs> a lot. They're really bad at math. The, uh, we'll, we'll get to the math. And of course, sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm fantastic, Noah. I've got six air conditioners going. I'm spraying hairspray just into the middle <laughs> distance for fun. And the, the good stuff, too, like the 1980s stuff. Good, good. Those plants need to eat, after all. And we're also really excited to welcome our guest masochist today. Kara Santa Maria is a science communicator, a journalist, and a TV host. She's also the host of the Talk Nerdy podcast, as well as co-host of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Kara, welcome to God Awful Movies. How the hell did we talk you into doing this? I have no idea, and I'm regretting it by the second. <laughs> All right, so Eli didn't exactly... If, if you're in physical danger, just clear your throat a lot. We'll, okay, we'll send somebody. Okay. okay, cool. Thanks. All right, so tell us, Heath, <laughs> what will we be breaking down today? All right, we watched Climate Hustle. It's the story of the elaborate long con being run by about 8 million scientists. <laughs> By which they're going to expose the dangers of global warming and then profit, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm thinking they like rob a casino at the end or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Rising Oceans 11. It's going to be fun. All right. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love an inconvenient truth, but you wish Al Gore stepped into frame after each scene and gone, but come on, how bad can that be? <laughs> you will love this movie. And Kara, how infuriating was this movie? I'm just going to say that I don't think I realized before I agreed to join you on this podcast <laughs> what you guys do to yourselves on a regular basis. <laughs> I would never knowingly choose to watch this movie if you hadn't forced me to. It was such a flaming pile of garbage. Episode 158, Carol, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the party. 
feel like a lot of your notes were just like, really? <laughs> what the fuck? You guys were. are the worst. It was literally like, OMG, I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> All right, so, but I, I'm going to put it, I'm going to start us off with a silver lining, though. How nice is it to know that, like, this is what their side has? Well, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll give you, it seems nice until you start looking at all of the reviews and the ratings, and it actually didn't rate that poorly. Oh, no. I know. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going to look it up one more time. For some reason, it says that the critics chose to boycott doing this movie, which is interesting, but there's still a user score. And of course, it could be completely biased because, you know, individuals with an agenda signed up, but it's got a 74% audience <gasps> score. Oh, we'll fix that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. You hear that, listeners? Let's fix that. Project. All right. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I hinted at this already. I'm going to say best worst uh, epic math fail. It's, <laughs> it's so like we're going to get there. All I'm going to say right now, they were thoroughly confused by how percent works. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole bullet point. That's one of their entire arguments is how percentages They bring it back, actually. They they bring it back. They think they got it right. It's amazing. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go with one that's that's very similar in the film. I'm going to go best worst argument from... Right, because like, every argument in this movie seems to be something along the lines of 400 parts per million. Per million, guys, that's too much. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, what that's what we're going to be yeah. debunking in this film is... <laughs> Gary, you got any best worsts? You know, for me, you guys are all um, commenting on the actual content, which uh, la-di-da. Um, <laughs> I couldn't get over the horrific production values, and my my favorite are, I, I'd have to say I'd nominate it for having the best worst green screen scenes. Oh. Oh. They're so <laughs> bad, so, you guys. So they <laughs> are so bad. <laughs> and, and on that note, I'm going to go with best worst choice of metaphor in a climate change denial movie. Because you know what you don't want to point out in your climate change denial movie? Storms and tornadoes and <laughs> fire. They're just showing all the natural disasters they don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> I, when, when I saw that you had written best, worst choice of metaphor, I'm like, there could be nine or ten different things he meant by that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to talk about the cards. Yeah, and I thought you meant swindling. cards, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to it. We'll get, <laughs> As I, a magician, I thought we meant I the crazy Glenn Beck chalkboard yarn and d- photographs thing that we were looking at in between all the major scenes. I, th- I thought oh, yeah, that's where I thought was- you were going. Very a beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some sheeple to wake up, apparently. So we're going to keep the break brief. And when we come back, we'll dive headfirst into all the gish galloping bullshit that is. You know what? I'm not going to give him that much credit. All the gish trotting bullshit that is the climate hustle. Jeg, 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 uh, I'm, Jeg, I'm sorry. Jeg, who, who, Jeg. who are what? you and why are you in my studio? Hey, what's up? Name's Kyle, bro. Sigma Phi. Ooh, ooh. Eli said we could crash for a bit. Okay, well, Kyle, you can't chug inside my recording studio or home, for that matter. Nah, bro, not chug. Chegg. C-H-E-G-G. Chegg. What's Chegg? 
It's the best way to search free scholarships, browse course reviews, get 24-7 study help, and rent textbooks for a fraction of the cost of your bookstore, all in one big education-redefining student hub. Dudes, I am so wasted. Okay, <laughs> see, now this is why I'm saying... On a typical classroom experience is what I'm wasted on. That's why Chegg's study app is so useful. Study app? Yeah, Brohemian. You can just snap a quick picture of problems not covered in your textbook, then submit it instantly to Chegg's experts. Then get an answer back in as little as two hours, anytime and anywhere. Wow. That actually sounds incredibly useful. It is, dude. And with subscriptions affordably priced that can be canceled at any time, it's easy. I could study on my desktop or on the go. That's what I was doing when you came in. Check, 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 Yeah, when I was in college, a giant network of study help would have been super useful. We just had, you know, binge drinking and stuff. That's bad for your health, man. Yeah, yeah. honestly, sounds like you were covering up some real pain. Okay. Irresponsible. Okay. Well, for $5 off your first month subscription, you can go to Chegg.com forward slash awful and use promo code awful. Again, for $5 off your first subscription, that's C-H-E-G-G dot com slash awful. Chegg, 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 Okay. I'm going to go do drugs in my room. Okay, man, but, you know, just make sure you're treating your body as a temple, okay? It's a temple. Okay. Be responsible. I'm Phony D, and I'm here because this Mark Morano motherfucker is kind of stealing my shtick. But if he wants to be the fast-talking, greasy con artist trying to sell you a load of bullshit on this podcast, he's going to have to go through me. And that's going to be hard to do, since he's a literal piece of shit. And I don't mean that metaphorically. He's actually a large pile of human feces with a bulk discount at Men's Warehouse, painted to look more or less human. Don't believe me? Well, 99% of scientists agree that human feces can't talk. So what are they hiding? I used to think Mark Morano was a human being rather than sentient excrement. I almost signed an affidavit to that effect, but then I changed my mind because him being shit that was brought to life by some Frankensteinian misapplication of science makes intuitive sense. So come on down to Tony D's house of federal pardons and wholesale DVDs to pick up a copy of my new documentary, Mark Morano is Made of Human Shit. In it, we'll debunk the came-from-human-parents myth once and for all. Is your son a literal piece of shit in a suit? I refuse to dignify that with an answer. You would. Typical. But that's not all. We'll also harass people on the street. Mr. Morano, if you're not a piece of shit, why won't you let me check your lungs for corn? Mr. Morano? Mr. Morano? We'll misinterpret data. But you'll see here that when I turn the chart upside down... We'll edit out the middle of sentences. Well, as a credentialed expert on the subject, I'd say that make sure is poop. We'll straw man. Can you explain to me how you know Mark Morano isn't made of human shit? Sir, you're at a Wendy's. So come on down to Tony D's house of federal pardons and wholesale DVDs today. Because if the logic of this movie is valid, we just proved Mark Morano was a piece of shit. And if it isn't, he already proved that himself. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start off learning that this movie was filmed on a coal-fired seal carcass, y'all. <laughs> this was uh, presented by CFACT, or the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. This is a group that, like, if there was an SPLC category for the environment, this would lead the hate group <laughs> list, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I wrote yeah. in my notes 21 seconds into this film and they're like, hi, we're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did they say? No carbon credits were, were used to offset this movie because we're giant assholes. Did yeah. It was post that. That was the first thing. Like literally the first thing they wrote. <laughs> yeah. No oil company share prices were harmed in the making of this movie. Like, fuck you. Fuck you guys. The worst. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, of course, when I was watching this, as you'll see throughout, the first thing I wrote down was, oh, God, why are you guys making me watch this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could just tell from the beginning this was not going to go well. Yeah, I don't think that's the only time you've written that in the notes. It gets increasingly <laughs> yeah, desperate really. and threatening uh, as we go. <laughs> All right, so so then we get this weird little flying TV m- montage of a bunch of, like, respectable people buying into the climate lie. Right, and... Look, nothing convinces me at the beginning of a documentary more than a everyone who's smart disagrees with me montage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're showing all these news people and it's, you know, it's like Tom Brokaw and whatever bunch of different news being like, yeah, climate change is real. And like they might as well have Sarah Huckabee Sanders just interrupting each show and turning him off. (laughs) Tom Brokaw, communist spy. Boo. Fake news. Click. Al Gore hates freedom. Boo. Click. And here's the thing, like at the very beginning, they're showing all these clips in these kind of 80s style TVs. And I don't know, the production values look kind of good. Like they paid some good money at the top of the show. And I'm sitting here wondering, is their editor like in on this? Is he a member of the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow? Or did they just pay him really, really well? And while I'm thinking this... Mark Morano cuts in oh, in the first of many horrific green screen scenes, wearing this like ridiculous double breasted suit. I mean, it's like classic budget Manafort. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, is this a like, oh, the background. Oh my gosh, the best part. The background is like this super dope graffiti wall, yes. guys. And I'm like, is he gonna start breakdancing or something? I'm so confused. <laughs> Okay, so and if you don't know who Mark Morano is, just imagine uh, it's four o'clock in the morning and there's a lawyer on your TV who can get you the most for your mesothelioma. Okay, you're yes. picturing this guy. <laughs> and what what I love is the contrast here because it's like scientists and newscasters and politicians. And then Mark Morano comes up and his his like nom de fame is publisher. Yeah. Publisher. I don't know about you, but I'm using that from now on. And if you look at the data, you'll see. Sorry, question? Um, I'm in the middle of a TED Talk. Right. Eli Bosnick, publisher, my blog. Isn't it true that you have told me? Sorry, did pe- you say publisher of your blog? Yeah. Is it true that when you so you you have a blog, your credentials are that you possess a blog? Yes. Now, are clouds made of cotton candy or not? Uh, As I said in my six emails to you, sir, no, they are not made of candy. We'll see about that. No, we won't. Or will we? (sighs) We won't. Yeah, and by the way, he will be wearing just ridiculous budget evil stuff throughout this movie. Yes. <laughs> At this point, he's got the like the collar and cuffs that are a different color than the rest of his shirt yes. thing going on. Like, if that's what you're wearing, you are about to knock down a teen center and you're a liar and a hater. <laughs> that's a fact. All right. So now we're going to introduce the worst effort at three-card Monty imaginable. 
I didn't think I could hate this movie more, but they mess up the three card money. They're sliding the cards instead of tossing them. They say the secret is that there's three jacks and the card is up his sleeve. I I, I might as well. Honestly, the guys might have started choosing cards and eating them like that's the one I want to eat. No sandwich. I should point out to Kara and to the listeners who are unaware that among Eli's many jobs is he actually does consulting on things like three card Monty for film. So uh, <laughs> clearly they didn't hire a guy. Also, they couldn't buy a fucking table. They do this on a cardboard box and it's wiggly as fuck the whole time. Also, um, does three card Monty, Eli, in your experience, does it usually involve a mime? Is, is the hustler <laughs> no. a mime? Usually? So and the hustler, he shows up throughout the rest of the film in these ridiculous little, I don't even know what they are. They're like, they call them bugs, right? When you're watching a news uh, a news show or any sort of TV show where something shows up at the bottom of the screen to promote the next TV show. Yeah. And like, exactly. he just like kind of rises up from the bottom of the screen and like just does weird mime shit and then goes away. And then like crawls away as a spider or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. Right, right. Who is this guy? I, I just have him as sarcastic corner guy. Yeah. Sarcastic corner. Yeah. He is. He's very sarcastic. You got to press R2 when he appears. Then you can fight smoke and then you unlock him as a character. I don't know if you okay. got to follow along. That guy is 100% a homeless mime friend of Mark Morano and talked him into being in the movie. 100%. Oh, I think, That's what's happening. I think it's his little brother that he like owes a favor yeah. to. Or, or it's the guy that did all the editing for that cool little, you know, 1980s Max Headroom intro that they have. They're like, he's yes. like, okay, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. But... I want to be in the movie for at least 30% of it. I can mime. I'll juggle whatever. <laughs> I'm really good at three-card Monty. Mom says you need to make a three-player movie. <laughs> All right. So now he comes out. He starts throwing out his argument. And basically, he starts off with his scare tactics about how the government now regulates things like light bulbs and thermostats. Like, when the fuck oh, yeah. did the government not regulate those things? <laughs> Uh, you mean in the post-Brexit utopia our British <laughs> listeners are in? Yeah, you're welcome. I have a thermostat that goes up to 750 degrees. <laughs> My home's essentially an oven. <laughs> well, you guys have seen this actual study that was taken where individuals who rated themselves as higher on conservative values and as lower on environmental values were shown two different light bulbs. Like a back in the day, I think it was a compact fluorescent. It was before LEDs were big and an incandescent. And they were asked which one they would choose to buy. And they all, cho you know, the people who rated higher on conservative values and lower on environmental values chose the incandescent, of course. And then they put price tags on them showing that the uh, compact fluorescent was significantly less expensive. And they still chose the incandescent just to be <laughs> assholes. For spite. Yeah. Like, that is this movie. <laughs> They're, they're coming for your light bulbs. How the <laughs> hell do you get scared? And they even show that, right? They even have the little thing with the energy police knocking on somebody's door and stealing their microwave and whatnot. Oh, it's yeah. so bad. Like, what was that? What was the point that was even trying to prove? <laughs> well, that, uh. That's immediately followed by him going, extraordinary claims require extraordinary yeah, evidence. Which is immediately followed by Carl Sagan rolling over in his grave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, a man who just implied that police will steal your microwave <laughs> probably shouldn't quote that. And then we meet Pekingese guy. Yeah, right. Then he promises 
that he's like, well, yeah, a lot of scientists say global warming, but we've got some real scientists, too, with bow ties and everything. Just look at all of them. From, from NASA and Princeton and MIT and this guy from Georgia with a terrifying mullet. <laughs> this guy he was, was crazy. Look, he, he, he's like a chia mullet, but like... <laughs> But in reverse, he looks like a mullet grew a person. Right. Like, <laughs> like a mullet needs to see a dermatologist about a person that grew out. <laughs> Don't you think, though, that the guy later who was like the British to the queen, like yeah. the, I don't re remember his job, but he was way scarier looking. Oh, dead eye guy? Dead We're going to get to dead yeah. Oh, we will get to dead eye guy. Oh, I thought Snaggletooth. We'll get to Snaggletooth also. Yeah, yeah. No, I had that guy down as Gollum's cousin, the, the guy who worked for Margaret Thatcher. All right. And then, by the way, and then the movie has a goddamn table of contents because they just don't get at all how a movie works. <laughs> right. And so this is their desperate attempt to sort of order the film. And it doesn't work at all. Right. It doesn't actually separate the movie out in any way. It's just all the same hodgepodge of dumbass arguments. But they have like their seven different cons or whatever that we're going to see. As, but they're as, totally arbitrary. They just pick weird words. Like, yeah. Like, like uh, <laughs> stacking the deck. and But it has nothing to do with the argument. No. Yeah. And and we're seeing another one of those, like, corkboard things where you would, like, put your conspiracy theory yes. research. Like, I feel like we were looking at, like, an actual real-life push pins and yarn thing at a producer's house. Like, a giant Rico chart about climate change and just, like, the word big data on the top. And, just, and like, being like, fuck. I know, okay. like, they might as well have just been wearing tin hats. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah well, like, with the next topic written on the hat, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the movie definitely got mad and kind of confused. So this movie is basically, like, a second Rico chart that they tried to make above big data to figure that out, but that <laughs> makes no sense. Very meta. All right, so, and then he, they start trying to take on the 97% of scientists agree claim that all of the uh, environmental hippie terrorists or whatever use. And oh, that was the point of this section? Uh, well, you know, I, I was left to retroactively fit points onto various okay. sections. So, like, give me, a, give me a little bit of leeway here. So, but, it, and I should just point out that, okay, if 97% of scientists agree, it's actually higher than 97%. But if 97% if of scientists agree, we're already conceding that you're going to be able to find seven or eight people who disagree, right? So then <laughs> yeah. showing us those seven or eight people doesn't really prove anything, does it? No. And also, why is every person in this movie white? <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, you know, we do Christian uh. movies every week, so no, we didn't. <laughs> well, I think it's because 95% of scientists used to believe in eugenics. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Scientific consensus is bullshit. So. Oh, oh, my God. They, they practically just hold up, like, a phrenology document and then a copy of an inconvenient truth and like weigh them in both hands. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Samesies. Oh, and so I should point out, cause I did a little bit of research on these people and these are like the usual suspects of climate change denialism, right? If Exxon wants somebody to testify before Congress, it's going to be one of these people. And, but they're not like accurately describing the people. So like Dr. Kayla Brossiter, who is listed as climate statistician at American University. Quick, what the fuck is a climate statistician? Well, according to American University, he's an adjunct lecturer on mathematics, right? So they just <laughs> threw the word climate before what he actually did. Do they think statistics work differently if it's about climate? 
they do. do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, then we show that guy, uh, Philip Stott. He's, this is clips of an intelligence squared debate where he's trying to deny global climate change. And you can tell he's not a pseudoscientist because he compares himself to Galileo in his first sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, they use him, they use like that same clip about 30 times. They do. The, the one time you got to clap at that debate, yeah. yes. <laughs> but he's he is literally coming out against scientific consensus. Yep. Yeah. That's his argument. Like, you could use his argument to say that the moon is a hoax. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that the people who produce this movie think the moon is a hoax. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> they, they might actually clarify that later in the movie. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. They get a friend who's pretty sure the moon is real, just, just in case they get accused of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, and then they drop a knowledge bomb on us. It turns out that not all of them UN scientists are climatologists, and the way they figured that out was by playing us a video where they freely admit that publicly because it's not like you would only want one kind of science. Why would they all need to be climatologists? Wouldn't the UN be studying other stuff? I I don't understand. (laughs) And and like the point they're making, it's like, all right, well, less than half of UN scientists are tall. Let's fucking change what tall means. That's a problem. (laughs) That's kind of how this movie works. I love how as I'm looking through everybody's notes from when we're watching, they're also rich and full of information about the content of the film. <laughs> all of mine are literally just like, look, why is this host guy always hanging out in front of green <laughs> <laughs> And why does he keep changing his horrible double-breasted uh, oh, like, uh, they, like Apparently that was the deal he had with Men's Warehouse, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to give you, but you got to show us the whole fall line too. <laughs> And so, of course, at this point, they're still he's still trying to make the point that 97 percent is somehow not 97 <laughs> percent. Yes. <laughs> like this is still like at this point, it's like the, the horse is dead, like really dead. Oh. Right. And they're just beaten so hard at it. And I'm so sick of this argument. You mentioned it before that, like, because scientists have historically been wrong. And of course, they brought up eugenics and phrenology. Yep. Which have nothing to do with climate change. Those were like colonialist pseudoscientists or pseudosciences that the vast majority of legitimate scientists, even at the time, didn't support. Right. And right. of course, in the past, we didn't know what we know now because we didn't have the tools that we have now for measurement, for analytics. All that shit happened before the internet. All that shit happened before we had computers. Well, right. right. It would be like looking at Leonard Nimoy and saying, well, according to In Search Of, see, science does. Oh, wait, they never mind. <laughs> they never mind. Never, spoiler. Shit. My bad. Hold on. Yeah. We'll get there. Also, I bet I could find like three scientists who think phrenology is right. So, I mean, probably on the set of this movie. Of course you could. Okay, so we all have some notes about this next part where they do some math, but Heath's notes have (laughs) the largest font size. So, Heath, would you care to explain how they debunk the 97% myth? Oh, right. Yeah. So here's how percent works when it when it applies to climate. It's a different statistical field. Entirely. <laughs> right, no, it is. Um, percent's totally different. So they came up with that 97% number by polling only 77 scientists. And there's no way you can't have 97 out of 77. It make any sense. So they... They, uh, they only got 75 scientists out of those 77 that agreed. And, seven, and then they put... They actually put a graphic up on the screen. 
75 equals 97? You do the math. What are they hiding? Like, You're like, I did. I did the math. Yes. That is yes. correct. Like, and literally here, this is an exact quote from this movie. 97% wasn't even 97 scientists. They literally say that and then bring it back to make their point again. Yep. And also... If the point that they're trying to make is that the N was too small for this study, the N being the sample size, then okay, but they just pulled one arbitrary study out of literally dozens. Right, the, the one with the smallest N. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they, I, I feel like they could have pulled a million scientists and the movie would be like, 970,000%? That's not even possible. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Okay, Idiot. but this is my new tactic whenever I'm wrong. Just oh, yeah. This out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Moving on. As you examine this chart, you'll find Hi, that. Sorry, Eli Bosnick, home inhabitor. Uh, you live in a house? Yes, that is true. This chart says 98 out of 100 people think clouds aren't made out of candy. Yes. Now, if I could just move and on. And yet, to your data indicates that you only asked 55 out of 56 people. Yes, which is 98%. Yes. That's how much. No, no, it's only 55. Oh, right. But if we asked 100, then we'd get at least 98. That That's how numbers work. Not if you asked me. Why didn't you ask me? Oh, my God. I hate you so much. Okay, and, and I want to go back, coming out, out of that, I want to go back to what, what Kara was just saying, because in case you're curious, that 97% number, where that comes from is like dozens of different studies. But the, but the primary one that matters to me is that they're not polling fucking scientists. They're looking at peer-reviewed published papers about mm -hmm. climatology, and 97% of them that, that take a position on climate change are showing that climate change is real. It's not even, we're not even talking about people's opinions. We're talking about the goddamn data. At this yeah, point. but then but then they argue against that. They're literally like they didn't even poll all the scientists, <laughs> yes. the IPCC. And it's like, yeah, nobody said they did. And plus, poll data is shit compared to real data. Right. I shouldn't say real data. I'm like, I'm sitting here as a social scientist who uses self-report <laughs> data all the time in my research. But no, it's not as stringent. Right, right, yeah. no. Well, and th this is also where we will learn that if you believe in climate change, it's because you're a racist. Right? Because you hate Africans. Hello? Oh, was that the whole eugenics argument again? Oh, well, yeah. they, it might as well have been. I'm so yeah. confused by what was happening in this movie. Well, right, no, it's like every argument seems to be a scientist going, eh, I'm not buying that shit. There's like, there's so little to actually debunk here. Oh, it's so true. All the time, they just show like some old dude being like, I don't really believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, it moving is, on then. Okay. It is conversation with your stupid uncle at Thanksgiving, the movie. <laughs> yep. Right, but, but uncle, look, just, just Google it. Except that your stupid uncle at Thanksgiving happens to be, by the way, a former climate scientist. Yes. Almost none of these people really had jobs. Did you notice that? <laughs> right, yeah. But he published like 100 peer-reviewed studies, though. On different oh, yeah. sub-statistics. Okay. <laughs> I think the fact that they're jobless only proves what they're saying. Yeah, right, right. They've been taken out by big climate. Okay, so we'll now <laughs> apparently we've debunked the 97% claim. And you can tell because they have a graphic where a hand touches the 97% and it crumbles. 
right? That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the argument from. So now it's time to move on to sleight of hand. This is their actual, their title, sleight of hand. Is CO2 the big villain? Is, like, is there a different chemical that deniers <laughs> think is the, like, like we palmed Al Gore's hair and switched in CO2, like, with sleight of hand? What the fuck does that mean? That's what I'm saying. These titles don't make any fucking sense. Oh, nonsense. Also, I think this is where the green screening reaches its low point because they green screen him standing near a road. <laughs> yeah. And okay. it's like a weird angle, like yes, from right, below right. to make it look really tall. big and shit. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, this entire movie was made just so this guy, Mark Morano, could show off his collection of pocket squares. Like that, there is no, there's no other way. Like this ends with him being like, Morano's pocket squares. You're gonna like the way you look. Wait, shit, shit. That's no. They said I couldn't oh, say that. You're gonna, stinking. you're gonna enjoy the way you're. The left chest area is going to be perceived. (laughs) Okay, so I love how throughout this entire film, they were able to save on their budget by just sampling really good interview clips from legitimate scientists who know what the fuck they're talking about. And then after going, (laughs) nuh-uh. So that's so funny. Like every time that you thought, wow, this is good production quality. Oh, this is a pro-climate change thing. Okay, that they're going to, I see. That's how you yeah. could tell when they were using the real shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and no, then every time when you forget that you're watching the climate hustle and you're like, oh, that's a really, you know, sophisticated argument. Well, and they're like, oh, they're trying to debunk that. Argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is where we get the argument from. No, no, it's super complicated shit. Y'all science can't do complicated stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I'm the least sciencey on this podcast, but their argument seems to be, I mean, it could be CO2, but have they checked literally everything <laughs> no, else? What about the sun? <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. They named the solar system after it. Yeah. That was oh, what yeah. about the sun? Like yeah, we've been ignoring yeah. the sun's impact on the climate. So like should we <laughs> set up a cap and trade system for sunlight <laughs> consumption? What the fuck do you want us to do? Also like are, are they at we've been ignoring the sun's yes! Like, no, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is causing these seasons? Damn. It's so painful. Oh, for fuck's sake. And and then he's like, well, what about, oh, God, this is the what about water vapor part as well, right? Where he's just like, well, yeah, there's a lot of CO2, but there's way more water vapor. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, wait, was this the section where they had the little squares? Yeah, the little boxes. And they're like CO2 and they drop like two little boxes and then they start talking about all the other stuff that's in the atmosphere and and then Uh. pan out to all the boxes. And you're like, yeah, so literally they think that because something is in a small percentage, it can't be affected. I don't don't understand their Uh. argument. Oh, yeah. yeah, Their argument is it's very complex. That cyanide I injected you with is less than 1% of your bloodstream. You're being weird. You're freaking out about it. I don't know why. This ball pit only has one ball of plutonium. Your kids are fine. Just get the ball pit. There's a lot of fucking balls. And also, that couldn't possibly be what killed you. It must have been all the other stuff in your blood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had it down as the argument from... But when you consider all the knives not sticking into your rib cage, it's silly to blame the knife for your heart problems, you know. <laughs> it's funny because CO2 is kind of like the scientists that agree with this movie in that ball pit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And they wrap this section up with, 
you know, when you think about it, plants love their delicious, delicious CO2. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. I have a note here. Wait, are these people actually claiming that we should be producing more CO2? Oh. It seems like it. Yeah. This, no, yeah, this is where we meet Robert M. Carter. And by the way, I already knew Robert Carter not from climate change denialism, but from intelligent design proponent. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's the guy they trot out at this point that's going like, well, we're actually, we don't have anywhere near enough CO2, those poor starving plants. How, yeah. And but then somebody's like, how can you even worry about CO2? Just look at all these pictures of green stuff. The arguments <laughs> from greens and greener stuff. So much fucking green. OK, let's, let's list some green stuff. You got leaves. You got uh, fucking pickles. Uh, envy. It's endless. There's so much green. And just then, we peek in on the devil himself. Al Gore shows up. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to debunk an inconvenient truth, y'all. And we're going to start by knocking down those silly Vostok ice cores by showing, and I kid you not on this, that the CO2 levels were way higher than they are now 350 million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and those humans in the Paleoarchean era were just fine, if you think about it. You guys are rabid anti-trilobite. That's just racist. Make Pangea great again. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he goes like, well, Al Gore may have a Nobel Prize, but our side has a Nobel Prize winner, too. Maybe you've heard of Ivar Giver. No, that's because you're stupid. You're too stupid Henry, to have heard. Henry Kissinger said CO2 is fucking great. There you go. <laughs> Boom. Two Nobel Prize winners. Oh, and God. by the way, I Googled this GFR guy. And his story about becoming a climate change denialist is amazing. He was supposed, when we see clips of this Nobel talk that he's giving about how he doesn't believe in climate change. So this guy won a Nobel Prize and by his own admission, Googled climate change for about 10 minutes. And instead <laughs> of giving the talk he was supposed to give to the Nobel committee, went up there and ranted about how climate change isn't real for about 45 minutes and then left. <laughs> That is the origin story that this movie uses as their point. Guy <laughs> was supposed to talk about bug assholes, and he was just like, I don't know. Al Gore seems like a dick to me. <laughs> and then, of course, I love how Mark Morano is like, I can do Al Gore. Yes. And so he does his own green screen with the weird forklift, you know, like you remember it in Convenient Truth when Al Gore goes up really high to show the climate or the CO2 levels now. Um, and so he gets in his own for. But my favorite part is he's like, let me see if I can remember how this thing works. And then he literally does nothing. <laughs> right. right. It starts moving up. <laughs> oh, if you want to know what it. an asshole Mark Morano is, by the way, we learned at the beginning of this scene that even his dog doesn't like him. Right? The oh dog God, walks off like, dog oh, you scene. asshole. He he actually, he's trying to make a point that the that, what was it, that CO2 is the tail that wags yeah, the dog? Right, that CO2 right. actually follows the change in climate instead of preceding it? And, I mean, this is his argument. And so he's, like, he needs to then describe, or I guess go into great detail as to what that metaphor, what that phrase actually means. So he <laughs> has a green screen dog run towards <laughs> And How like, dare See? you? See, the tail is wagging the It's like, oh, I can't even deal with this, you guys. We all know what the fuck that phrase means. <laughs> 
Oh, and, and this is also where we get the, uh, the the nice comical cow fart moment. Oh, right. Uh. The methane thing. This is the part I didn't get because he's like, first of all, methane, which he, they don't say this, but of course it's a greenhouse gas that's like 25% more potent than CO2 and also anthropogenic. Yeah. Like we factory farm cows. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason that we have this much <laughs> methane. But there's like, how is that an argument that climate change isn't real? That there's That methane is also a big concern. I, okay, so like that, because they're really digging in now on the whole argument from, but what about the sun and volcanoes and shit? And but all it, that shit contribute. Like, this is what I don't understand. Well, right, He's unless like, you're talking about. It's not about- just CO2, it's all these other things that are also warming the planet, which are also anthropogenic. <laughs> I just don't fucking understand. Well, and that's the thing. Hey, Mark, you know, we can't fucking adjust Earth's axial tilt or outlaw volcanoes. So let's deal with these other ones like the methane and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh. His his point in this section seems to be, but what about literally everything else? <laughs> one second. One second. I got this one. What about wacky wall walkers? You haven't even factored in wacky wall walkers yet. Yeah, I can. The cow fart part, though, was my favorite. I mean, it was the best, worst part of this entire movie, I think. Uh, Did he? Okay, so is this just me or did he try to rape the cow with the pitchfork afterwards? (laughs) Yes, he does. He's going to shove the pitchfork up its ass because it farted on him. Okay. Yeah. So so it's literally just like bad stock footage of cows. And then they sort of do this terrible uh, effect of like a green gaseous cloud coming out of the cow's ass and consuming Mark's head. And then he like stands there with the pitchfork and he's like, don't want any of that. Get out of here, cow. But the cow isn't moving because <laughs> no, it's stock it's, footage. It's still ass towards him. It's like... Uh, <laughs> it's so I want, bad, I want him to be like, Murano's pocket squares, methane-proof <laughs> suits. We got them. <laughs> All right, so now we've we've gotten rid of that whole CO2 nonsense. We're done with that. And it's time that we move on to the old switcheroo, uh, with <laughs> the subtitle of which is A History of Climate Alarm. Wait, wouldn't that be... I don't understand. Ugh. Okay, so the, the way that that sort of connects is that, okay. and I'm sure you've heard this nonsense a gazillion times too, 50 years ago, they were worried about global cooling. Oh yeah, they did talk about that. Yeah, so Ad that's the nausea. Oh, for fun. And, and this is where they actually go to goddamn in search of for their clip. Look what scientists were saying back then. Here's a clip of in search of the goddamn ghost hunters of its day. Seriously, uh, that was the predecessor to every Bigfoot show yes. ever. <laughs> right. I, they literally. One of the arguments they make here is if climate change is new then why did Thomas Jefferson write someone a letter about it being cold? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then he does the thing. Was that in this section where he literally did the thing, like stood outside in the snow? Oh, no, I think he did that again later. Yes, yeah, we oh, get to the James we'll Inhofe argument, yeah. Yeah, he, we'll he get there, we'll get there. snow a few times, yeah. <laughs> we, we also get another one of his uh, walk and talk speeches, and this time he's, Murano, he's walking uh, into the camera kind of, but he clearly just like smashed right into the camera guy several times before this take <laughs> because he's taking tiny little steps now because he didn't time out his speech right. And he's visibly thinking about him. He's like one little step, two little steps. It's so good. 
Oh, it's so good. And this is, of course, another time when that weird little dude pops up at the bottom of the screen. My note says he's legit scaring me. Yeah, he's like the stalker of this film at a certain point. (laughs) It was so weird. He's literally just like a weird little young white dude who pops up periodically like with a snarky fucking look on his face. And then whatever they're talking about, like, it's hot. The sun is causing climate. So he puts on sunglasses. Or like, it rains a lot. So he has like an umbrella. Right. And you're like, okay, what is the point of this? I wanted him to be like, I was abused as a child. And he's just (laughs) shaking and quaking in the corner. Oh, (laughs) And that appears to be the argument, right? Which is, they were wrong once. And so they're... Probably all wrong of science now. is wrong again. Yes. Yeah. All I know is I'm going to use that one. Man, what a day. That guy was an idiot. Hi, Eli Bosnick, underpants owner. Jesus, how did you get in my car? Have you considered the other factors in your clouds aren't candy study? <sighs> there is no cloud study. You asked me a question about clouds. Have you counted all the candy in the world? Is any missing? What about the clouds? You counted all the clouds. Hey, quick question. Are you wearing a seatbelt? Uh, no, I am not. Why? (laughs) Ow. Yeah, that's why. But again, like, (laughs) I don't understand the ultimate argument. Like, I feel like I want to just sit down with this Mark Morano guy and be like, why? Why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what is the... What, uh, He's paid why? by Exxon Mobil and dark money. That's actually. <laughs> but do you think? But do you think he has like convinced himself of the bullshit? Like, ultimately, he's trying to make the argument that none of this stuff is real. Therefore, what we're wasting our money? Like, I don't understand the argument. Yeah, well, I've always had a lot of trouble with that because it's hard to point at the villains in this one, right? If the if, if climate change isn't real, pretty easy to point at the villains the other way around. But mm-hmm. I think this yeah, has got like, such a just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks that, that it can't be sincere, right? Is like yeah. does does he think the sun and the wind are paying off scientists? Like I don't understand. <laughs> like the, who who benefits? Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, can we talk about the argument from the the hearing about climate change where it was hot in that room and therefore there isn't climate change? Was that the argument? <laughs> I think so. They faked yeah, they, the whole thing. Yeah. They turned up the heat during a uh, like a Senate hearing or something. So therefore, yeah. So no, no it's all change. a ruse. <laughs> the sleight of hand, the old switcheroo. <laughs> it was caused by human. Wait, fuck. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, damn it. We keep backfiring. All right. And now it's time to play the shell game. Uh, the, the, the subtitle here is uh, What is the Truth? Man made warming versus natural cycle. Now, keep in mind that. To get to this point in the argument, you have to believe that we've debunked the concept of consensus and the existence of carbon dioxide, right? (laughs) That's what we're moving on from. Well, we are moving on to a point that I got to admit, even I didn't think we'd make, which is fuck polar bears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and my favorite part. So basically they make the argument that there are now five times as many polar bears as there were in the 1970s. Somehow I think that they think it, that if they just say that and throw it out there, that people will think, oh, it must be colder now or there must be no ice receding. But, But what they don't talk about because they're dumbasses is the fact that 
Polar bears were hunted to devastatingly low numbers because people wanted their fur. And only in the late 60s and early 70s did we have the Marine Mammal Protection Act. That was 1972. The International Agreement on the Conservation of Polar Bears in 1973. So the numbers were low. And then we did what good people do, which is regulate and you know, make it illegal to hunt these polar bears. And then, yeah, guess what happened? We ended up with five times as many. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, my head hurts watching this movie. Yeah, if I just pick this arbitrary, like before polar bears even evolved, there were zero of them up there, motherfuckers. Back in the Paleoarchean, the number of fucking polar bears was zero. I just can't. I just can't. It's so painful. <laughs> And then, yeah, right. So, yeah, if anything, we have too many polar bears. That's one of the arguments. And then we also we have to counter the rising sea levels thing, which is like psh, tides do that all the time. Right. right. Well, they, they say psh, tides do that all the time. And then they show a clip of someone who disagrees with them being like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Man. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's the best. That was awesome. <laughs> I love when they forget what side is not supposed to be in the movie. They're making. It's so good. It's so good. And they're doing this big, long thing about the Arctic, right? They're talking for like, it felt like hours about the Arctic <laughs> and sea ice and land ice. And it doesn't really matter if any of the ice melts because who gives a shit? The seas are rising anyway. Like, I don't understand their argument. But then all of a sudden, talk about the old switcheroo. They go to that woman who they use a lot throughout the piece, Dr. Judith Curry, and she's just talking about Antarctic sea ice. And I'm yeah. like, wait, that's a different fucking pole. <laughs> <laughs> It literally couldn't be farther away and on Earth at the same time. Do you see how much ice there is on Jupiter right now? Idiots. <laughs> it's fine. Also, this is where we get the whole like, well, this senator won't answer me when I run screaming at him with a microphone and he's, well, he's on his way to the elevator. What is he hiding? Senator, why does Al Gore hate dancing polar bears? What is he hiding? Oh, really? No answer. Exactly. Yeah. No answer about that. That's what I thought. All right. So now we're debunking the sea level rise bullshit. You, you have like, you know, scientists you've heard of. Yeah, no, the data's there. Their guy, nah, man, that motherfucker's full of shit. Okay, we're done. Oh, but they also say like, yeah, it's rising. It's just rising really slow. Yeah, right. So <laughs> we'll be able to step back, though, guys. You can just keep stepping back from it as it rises and you'll be fine. And then the one guy, there's one guy they interview who says the sea level's diminishing. Yes. And it's like, you just literally made that up and have right. never traveled. You've never left, like, Missouri. Well, I don't I believe uh. that guy had authored 150 journal articles. <laughs> How do you explain that? But, but then we go back to a real scientist who's like, uh, hey, Mark Morano, I'm a scientist. You sell pocket squares. So whatever you just said is wrong. <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. want to come get your boy? What the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> no, they, they totally left in that part, right? This is where Oppenheimer is telling him like, dude, this is, I'm, a, I'm one of the world's leading experts in this. You're a guy who's talking into a correspondence microphone and isn't a correspondent. <laughs> yeah. He literally says something along the lines of like, I know this better than you. And then yep. they leave the clip in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wired mic plugged into nothing, buddy. You know? <laughs> what are you hiding? Well, yeah, Big so, wires. So, so, all right. And now it's time for us to talk about wildfires and hurricanes and shit. Um, and their answer to that is, Psh. right? You can tell it's bullshit because he's got his feet up and his hat over his face. Mark Murano's not worried. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I, is, the, is the fact check here about 
whether or not Hurricane Katrina was real? Like, what's <laughs> <I didn't... laughs> Well, 97% of uh, scientists do agree that it was real, so it obviously wasn't. Oh, okay, so he has, this is an amazing goddamn moment. They show that hurricane strike chart, right? They're like, actually, there's been a dramatic drop off in the number of hurricanes hitting the U.S. And this chart they're showing shows like the present year at zero because the chart was produced in like May. <laughs> and that's the dramatic drop off that they're hitting you with the zero for this year. Also, everything they say is like weirdly Americo centric, yes. like the rest of the world doesn't exist. But I just couldn't deal like I literally wrote in my notes, you guys, I can't even follow this. It's just some scientists saying some things and other scientists saying opposite opposite things. I also can't imagine how out of context these quotes are. Yeah. The entire movie feels like one of those John Oliver interstitials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, where it's just clips of people saying the same shit over and over. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening half the time. Yeah, well, the, the key is, but, but but and you hit on exactly the little switcheroo that they like to do on this one. They, they're saying like, yeah, those global warming people say that droughts and uh, tornadoes are increasing. But look at this data. Droughts and tornadoes not increasing in the USA. <clears throat> right. Well, and also the, they also keep citing a legitimate argument as if it's like an argument on their side, which is that we can't connect any one weather event to the global climate as a whole. We can only talk about trends. And so you have legitimate scientists saying mm -hmm. it's ridiculous to say that this hurricane was caused by climate change, but the frequency of hurricanes, you know, the increased frequency <laughs> right, is definitely exactly. correlated with climate change. They just cut that part of the quote off. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Oh. They do so much of that in these interviews, too. There's, like, one guy saying what's supposed to be one sentence, but, like, part of the sentence is in the dark in the window behind him, and part of it's light, and, like, he's in a different shirt, but it's one sentence. A cigarette keeps changing. Yeah, right. Was that a cigar earlier? No. No. Yeah, but the key here is to know that scientific models are a lot of shit. Um and now that we know that, we can move on to debunking the hottest years ever myth. And I, I wrote in here, like, please tell me they're going back to the Paleoarchean era again. Well, 350 million years ago, it was hot as fuck. But no, um, no, they're literally just going to fucking lie, right? They're just going to go, no, no, these are not the hottest years on record. No, no, can't hear well, you, la, la, la. They they say it's it's not the hottest year on record. And then they're like, okay. It's barely a tenth of a degree hotter. Like, and then they're like, oh, it's eight tenths of a Okay, eight tenths of a degree. <laughs> Did you even measure ten tenths of degrees when you figured that out? <laughs> Fucking idiots. And then they literally say, okay, yes, this year is hotter than the year before. And yes, the year before was hotter than the year before. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. And you're like, what? How is that an argument? <laughs> well, no, the Australian guy dismisses it as, quote, kindergarten science. I know. We all put a note on that. Yep. What yes. the fuck is kindergarten science? Oh, I, uh, I, I'd say percent would be something kindergartners could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the point he's making is that it's so easy to see the temperature is increasing that a kindergartner would be able to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's somehow making the opposite point. <laughs> right. I know. Eli, I can't deal with your notes. They're making me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, are we talking about 
Jew guy isn't impressed. <laughs> Dead eye guy also isn't impressed. Hey, should we interview Admiral Akbar? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Dead eye guy? Which I'm supposed to take him. At no point does someone walk into frame and go, sorry about his eyes, guys. A- <laughs> let me let me poke those back in and we'll get that again. <laughs> like someone hugged a pug too hard. <laughs> Or dropped one from like four feet and tried to blame somebody else because they're a liar. I will kill you with my bare hands. Nothing kills it like the inside joke. All right. Well, (laughs) according to Mark Morano's checklist, climate change is four-sevenths debunked. So we're going to pause for a quick break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Is truth truth? Couldn't it not be that there isn't not not any global warming? (laughs) Gullible Hippie says what? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the somehow less convincing conclusion of The Climate Hustle. Right, but 75 is 97% of 77. No, Heath, it's 22 less. That No, that's not what percents are. That's not what the government tells you they are. Oh, my God. Hi, you the uh, magic consulting guy? Uh, yeah, Eli Bosnick. Thanks for coming down. Sure, so uh, what can I do for you? Yeah, well, I, I, my name's Mark Morano. I'm doing a documentary, and we're using three-card Monty as an analogy throughout, so... We thought maybe we'd bring in a consultant to give our guy some pointers on how that's actually done. Can you do something like that? Yeah, you bet. Be excited to do it. Great. Okay, so this is Eric. He's going to be playing a you know, dealer or a shuffler or whatever the hell. Sure. Pleasure to meet you. You too. So what's the documentary about? Maybe I oh, can sort of work in. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's about how climate change is a con by evil scientists who want to control your light bulbs. Sorry, this documentary is about how we shouldn't worry about global warming. Exactly. Coming for your light bulbs, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're going to want a wobblier table for this. The, wait, wobblier? Yeah, wobblier. That That's how they do it. Like, um, how about this? This uh, cardboard box. The one that the table came in? Yeah, we just got to wet it. Uh, can we wet it? Can I we wet this? I guess so. Now, Eric, you're going to want to shake your hands around a lot. Eric, let me ask you this. Have you ever done heroin? Um, no. No better time than the present. Now, to shuffle, you want to put the cards here. Up Mr. Morano's ass. Put the cards there. Yep, that's how the pros do it. Okay, got it. Got it. Hey, relax. We're doing the expert said. Okay, and then what? And then we wait. Cool. (laughs) All right, but if I added a thousand scientists that say no, your 97 is going to seem really small, right? No, no, that's still not how percentages work. Not listening. What if my scientists have big swords? And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left off, we just debunked math, and now it's time to debunk time. (laughs) Specifically, this (laughs) bullshit notion that we have some limited amount of time to do something about climate change. Bunch of chicken littles running around trying to save the earth. So, okay, so this is where he starts talking about you can tell this is a con because they want you to do something quick. Remember Y2K? That was horse shit. What? Like, who made, who was running the Y2K <laughs> Who Who do they think made money on that? Like, database companies, they made those billions off those two extra digits they'd sell you in the year column after that. <laughs> new columns, <What>? motherfuckers. 
Well, and that's the thing. He seems to think that Y2K, like, like Y2K was a bug that we fixed. But then he goes for, straight from that and is like, and what about that 2012 Mayan apocalypse that 97% of scientists said was going to happen? What <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> Jesus. All right. So and then, oh, God, it, the, the movie gets scarier than it's ever going to get again when they basically go like all oh, these tipping points we keep crossing. Right. A tipping point, schmipping point. We've caused dozen of those. Nothing's happened. I don't have lung cancer yet. Keep smoking. <laughs> Fake yeah. news. It's like they think that the second you cross the tipping point, everything happens all at once. Like, like as if every time we had a birthday, we had a year's worth of aging in one <laughs> second. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, no, no, I, I, I have to say, though, I have it on good authority. And by good authority, I mean Donna Laframboise, the author of The Delinquent Teenager, who says, and I quote, often the experts don't know any more than you and I. Yes, they do. Definitionally. <laughs> yep. Definitionally. And your last name is the Raspberry, so I can't take you very seriously. <laughs> uh, fun fact, looked her up. Uh, she has a BA in women's studies and wrote her book as Vengeance. <laughs> well, there you go. A Vengeance author. That's I've 97% climate scientists on one side. And her on the other. Okay. Oh, and this is also, she says, like, hey, what about, the, remember that big population bomb where there were supposed to be millions of people that were going to starve to death? Whatever happened to that? And I'm like, we took that problem seriously and created a bunch of GMOs and saved, like, billions of lives. It's like the greatest thing that science has ever fucking done. Wait, where the <laughs> hell, like, of all the arguments you could use, right? I know. I feel like that's every. It's like, hey, you remember smallpox? Yeah, right. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> all worried pox. about that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look at me! I'm afraid of polio. <laughs> Got him. But the argument in this section seems to be: if you've ever been wrong or even alarmed about something, you're probably wrong now. And I, I think I'm going to use that in the future. <laughs> Oh, hi, sorry, sixth floor? Uh, elevator's right around the corner there. Eli Bosnick, elevator occupant. I need uh, a gun or something. In 1994, you answered C on a quiz in your history class when the answer was clearly B. So is it possible that in your no. estimation... No, oh, Hold the door, hold the door. Okay, yeah, all right. I got to I got to point this out. They say the goal here is to make you afraid, and I'm thinking, yeah, you really do need a 50-year and counting global conspiracy to make humans afraid. It's real tricky is what I'm saying. Also like I don't understand. He, they, they, they love to throw around the term alarmist, right? I think it's their answer to denialists. Like, if you're going to call us denialists, we're going to call you alarmists. And so he literally says, climate alarmists are trying to trick people into handing over their money. To whom? Right. <laughs> Who are we giving our money to? I'm so confused. I save money on the fucking light bulbs, dude. I literally can't remember the last time I changed a goddamn light bulb. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I drive an electric car. I haven't put gas in my car in a really long time. Yeah. I'm saving a ton of money. Yeah, big savings. We're like, what? <laughs> Polar bear drives by in a, a vehicle that has hydraulics just bouncing up and down. <laughs> hey, that's who's getting the money. <laughs> big Polar bear. All right, so now we're moving on to... 
Presto changeo. This is where we're going to argue that we, we can't actually curb global warming anyway, so why try? But before we get to the argument itself, I want to talk about the little, the, the little the crazy person yarn Glenn Beck chalkboard thing. Because their example of Presto changeo, the video they use to represent magic, is a beginner's yo-yo trick. I... I'm offended on behalf of magicians everywhere. <laughs> and yo-yos everywhere. Absolutely. At Do least they give think us a good trick. A yo-yo is magic? <laughs> I think the movie thinks a yo-yo is magical. <laughs> it's a magical item. Like I honestly I thought like uh like the masked magician was gonna start revealing tricks just like America has such dirty ears. Look at all that carbon. You just <laughs> check it out. You just palm the carbon. Classic move right behind their ear. That would have been good. Yeah. That's a little too clever <laughs> for good, this fucking movie. Yeah. That is magic. And as if this wasn't depressing enough, they then show us Obama. Oh, I know. Look, all of our notes. Oh, I miss Obama. <gasps> and the clips they showed, too, were like really inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. that's the thing is like you, I, I know that like for the people who are watching this movie, they're supposed to be look at that motherfucker, but they don't put like clips of him. They don't put the like, you know, you don't own that clip or anything up like, like that. They said they, they put up things of it about him saying like, you know, this could be our moment to take the reins of climate change and be a world <laughs> yeah. leader. And, and they're like, see that asshole. <sighs> look at him being responsible, a shepherd of the planet. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> And okay, and, and then they say it's like climate astrology, and I thought, man, I feel like you just lost some of your audience, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is also where we get okay. Someone, please tell me what the fuck was going on when he says climate change is blamed for prostitution, airplane turbulence, rape, car theft. This is a quote: <laughs> rape, car theft, and barroom brawls. <laughs> barroom uh, okay. brawls. Yeah, what is this? The fucking 18th century? All of a sudden, we have barroom brawls in this. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much because they cut back to that woman scientist they keep using yes. and, they, and they make a rape joke that she doesn't like. They're like, so are you afraid of getting raped? And she's like, what? And they're like, no, <laughs> nothing. I realize that I probably shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have joked about that. I'm like, why? Why the fuck did they leave all this shit in the movie? Yes. It's so weird. Like they edited this. They chose to put that in the movie. I feel like sarcastic corner guy was just the editor and he was sarcastic editing it the whole time. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to take your fucking money, but I'm going to put in the part where the guy points out you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I love the part where he's like, global warming is even affecting the dead. <laughs> and then there's like a lightning strike for no reason. <laughs> also, can, can we name a few more things that this movie... Oh, when, when, they, when they do the whole list. Yeah, but I they love have how a, a lot of the things in the list are things that like global warming is legitimately contributing to. Yes. You're like, okay, thanks for the reminder. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Along with a few other ones that are <laughs> questionable. You guys, I mean, I'm not an expert. You tell me if any of these are actually, you know, caused so, by climate change. Kara, maybe, you know, um, Arab Spring, was that climate change? Is this partially? Uh, um, well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, cannibalism. Wow. Cannibalism. Dude, what? you get Richard in a t-shirt and some shorts, he'll start eating people. <laughs> uh, let's see. Also, early marriages. Mm -hmm. um, attack what? of the killer jellyfish. That's Wait, what's uh, an early marriage? Yep. Beer shortages. <laughs> Beer shortages yeah. was on there. 
Um, giant pythons invade. That was on but, there, but not just them. Giant oysters <laughs> also invade, and that's adorable. Like, come on, giant oysters invade. That'd be the best. Also, uh, acne, and also frog with extra heads. Again, <laughs> adorable. Uh, there's a couple more here. These were the two craziest to me. Okay, so climate change may have caused. This is a quote, fashion disaster. Yeah. Fashion disaster. Well, I get that, right? You know, it gets warm outside. More men wear cargo shorts. It's it's a whole thing. (laughs) That fabulous vest he's wearing. (laughs) The safari vest he wears to New York City in case he has to, like, camp. He's worried he's he's going to get stranded there. It looks like he literally filled all the pockets, too. Yes. He definitely did. Just all cliff bars. He was terrified of New York City. <laughs> okay. Yeah, th- that was aimed at Eli. Okay, last one. Sorry, last one on the list of things getting blamed uh, by for climate change. Fish death. Fish, climate change caused fish death. Fish Do they death. mean like their favorite fish went deaf? Or all of them went deaf? Or death like a good thing? Like like. Like fat, P H A T death. Yeah, like most. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I, I have to emphasize: this is literally what's on their list, right? They're saying these are all things that environmentalists have blamed on global warming: the, the invasion of giant oysters and whatnot. And immediately <laughs> and after death. taking us, yeah, and fish death, after taking us to task for our environment or for our uh, alarmism. They literally make the argument and show a clip from a Japanese newspaper to say that the government is coming for your bedtime. Your bedtime? I don't remember this at all. They say that the Japanese people have to go to bed an hour early because of climate change. That's what the apparently what the Kyoto Protocol was. It was that they were going to make us go to bed early. Fucking oh, carbon. right. Because they were saying, like, you know, take an hour and use less yes, energy. Yes, that was... <laughs> That was the thing. Yeah. And maybe then we won't have to have rolling like brownouts like we do in India. Well, they don't mention that part, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They cut that part. Oh, shit. I love it. I love, too, that he like he he talks about how the armadillo, for some reason, has the distinction (laughs) of being the poster child for global cooling and global warming. Yeah. And I've I actually Googled um this dude and armadillo and there's like videos and pictures of him going on news shows constantly with an armadillo in a cage. <laughs> Fucking what? Uh, really? <laughs> like yeah. Like he likes to go on like Fox News and talk about this this distinction that the armadillo holds. And, th- and he thinks we need a visual yeah, aid when he yeah, uses the word visual. armadillo? And a video yeah. or Oh, no, a sorry, that's confusing. Do. I said armadillo. I said percent earlier. Here is an armadillo <laughs> in a cage. Here are 100 scientists in a cage. You would see. <laughs> oh, also, okay, so this is the part where we get, he goes back to Oppenheimer. Yes. Okay, so yes. <laughs> he's trying to make the argument that that scientists are not consistent in what they say that global warming is going to do. And he, and he he uses this as an example. He says, there's there going to be more snow. There's going to be less snow. There's going to be more fog, less fog, increase in malaria, decrease in malaria, decrease in malaria. Remember, <laughs> remember when they argued that global warming was going to cause a global shortage in malaria? Yeah. We need, we need medium malaria. <laughs> medium. We're in a Goldilocks zone for malaria. Let's not fuck this up with the carbon. 
What? So yeah, so then he goes to Oppenheimer and he's like, you wrote a an article one time where you talked about your little girl and you bought her a sled and then it didn't snow for a long time. You know, where's the sled now? Or, or was it named Rosebud? I don't know what the fuck he's doing. But just at that moment, like this guy's aide comes up and says, um, excuse me, this man needs to give congressional testimony this very minute. And they act like that was him dodging the question about yeah, the sled. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, it was conveniently cut short. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, they were so proud of that little snow-showing gotcha moment, too. Oh, he's true. like, well, Al Gore's lackey says there's no more sledding. Well, that's interesting. No big deal or anything. But boom, sledding video. <laughs> Suck it. There is snow. Woo! In fact, uh, if everyone at home, please reach under your chairs. You'll find a snowball. Exactly. <laughs> Checkmate, Al Gore. <laughs> so, yeah. So and then he, he argues that he's like, look, it, the, the scientists can't even agree where ground zero of climate change is. What the fuck kind of question would that be? Right. But he what shows like a bunch mean? of different cable news. hosts, not scientists, but cable news hosts saying, you know, there's no question that the Arctic is ground zero of, of, of uh, climate change. Well, no question. Florida is the Karabati is the ground zero. And he's like, see, they can't even decide what the, it's a fucking metaphor, dude. We don't have to use this. What are you talking about? Right. Like there's really like there's literally like, does he think that there's a literal center of it? The epicenter of climate change. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and then he seems to wrap it up with like, they all seem kind of freaked out, don't they? Huh? Like, like he's going to out calm everybody and that makes him better at arguing. Yeah. <laughs> and that really, is that the crux of his argument that we should all just be calm? Yeah. If the other person is less calm than you, they're freaking out and you're right. Hi, I'm on flight 345 to Los Angeles. Great. Let me look that up for you. Hi, Eli Bosnick, author of 150 peer-reviewed podcasts. Oh, my God. I'm going to tase you. You seem awful insistent on your so-called facts that clouds aren't candy. Let me ask you, Kara, why all the panic? It's not panic. I'm just telling you facts. You are screaming right now. I'm literally not. She's got a bum. What? A bomb? No, he said that. Get not her. Me. Get her. Freeze. Bomb. It was him. Get the fat one. I don't know what happened, guys. It said something about clouds. She went crazy. Pulled out a bomb. All right. And finally, we reach the last bullet on his list, which says the jig is up. Scientists <laughs> bail out. <laughs> What? <laughs> so, okay, so this is where, first of all, they go all crazy on the fact that people refer to them as climate change deniers instead of skeptics. <laughs> yeah, deniers yeah. are those anti Semitic people and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they bring up Holocaust deniers. Maybe don't bring up Holocaust denying in your movie about denying. Just a thought. I feel like that's not the best. Like, I'm a Dean Jad and Bobby Fischer asking <laughs> questions about the Holocaust. Wait, fuck. Ah, oh, we backfired again. Oh, man. Guys, <sighs> of course they're deniers. They're not skeptics. No. Skepticism is a real thing, and they are not skeptics. And if you want to learn more about what it means to be a skeptic, you can pick up our new book, The Skeptic's Guide <laughs> to the Universe. How to Know What's Really Real in a World Increasingly Full of Fake on pre-order now. 
<laughs> and linked on the show notes. Damn it! All right, <laughs> and Casper mattresses. Yes, yeah. <laughs> nice Are comfortable good. Casper mattress. <laughs> All right, but but here's the thing though, and this is the key fucking point. Skepticism is a process, right? Like skepticism yes. is not a fucking conclusion. Denialism is a conclusion. These are vastly different things. But of course, because people who have, you know, legitimate credentials like to use the term skeptic and have given that that term some kind of, you know, whatever, some kind of uh, credence in, in conversation, they try to glom onto it. But no, there is a goddamn difference between being a skeptic and being a cynical denialist or Absolutely. just a paid denialist. And. What I love is that they move forward into this idea. There's literally, I quote this, even if all the climate models were true, climate change is not an existential threat. We've been through much, much worse. Wait, what? what? So even, <laughs> like, even if he agreed with actual science, he wouldn't be concerned? But is that what he's actually saying? <laughs> We've been through it. Like, like when he says we, who the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I know. Like the dinosaurs. Yeah, I guess. It's just like <laughs> the people of Pompeii had it way worse than this. What the fuck are you saying, man? <laughs> we were trilobites and we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You know what? It's funny that you bring up Pompeii because I Googled um, this Mark Morano guy and there's a clip. He actually interviews Bill Nye. I don't know if it was for this movie or for something else, but there's a clip from Bill Nye's um, documentary where they put it up on YouTube. And he's asking Bill Nye if he's like, you know, if he thinks that this tipping point argument is embarrassing for his side and blah, blah, blah. And like, don't you think fossil fuels are a good thing? Don't you think fossil fuels, like energy is the lifeblood of, it's it's how we've had progress. And Bill's like, yeah, of course, energy (laughs) is good. But have you ever visited... Pompeii. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, really. I mean, this. I'm actually answering the question here. Have you ever visited Pompeii? Like, it was a beacon of sort of incredible societal advancement. And they had unlimited energy in the form of slaves. Like, Unlimited energy right. is not a good thing if it's at the cost of something else that wow. matters. Like, That's you a know? great point. Oh, wow. go Bill Nye. That's Holy such a good shit. way of getting there. I didn't know where you were getting to the last second. That was a nice turn. And that's the thing. Like, nobody is arguing that we haven't had an incredible societal advancement through the use of fossil fuels. Nobody is sitting here saying fossil fuels only caused pain and suffering. Of course not. We're just saying we're a little more woke now and we have alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, right, but that's uh, the thing, though. Like, they never even hint that that's the argument because as soon as they hint at what our argument all actually is, everybody's like, no, that makes a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> so instead, they talk about climate gate. Or, or I'm sorry, they oh, don't talk God. about climate gate. They use the word climate gate. You're right. They never explain it. It's literally like they're saying, but Hillary's email. Yes. What about Benghazi? <laughs> Yes. Okay. So first of all, for those who aren't familiar, Climate Gate is a non-scandal created by stealing emails and then misinterpreting private communications and acting like email shorthand is the same as the methods section. But the lady in this fucking movie summarizes Climate Gate as, quote, trying to keep data away from the people trying to get the data. Like even misinterpreting this fucking thing wouldn't give you that. And the whole argument of this section is a series of interviews with people who scientists were mean to. And that's why they're climate change (laughs) deniers now. (laughs) I I never was more strongly convinced of my arguments than when everyone else in my field was like, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, yeah, so he has his whole, like, more and more scientists agree with me, like, no, seriously, almost 3% bit. You have the guy who argues about Greenpeace, right? The, 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 like, he's like, oh, Greenpeace, yeah. you heard Greenpeace? That was me, the original copy, though, not the compromised second draft of Greenpeace. <laughs> and then he, we, we, he explains, again, that climate change is like a religion. And again, I'm like, you're losing your people here, man. That They think that's a good thing. Like, we get it, right? But they think that's a good thing. Yeah. He did yep. have a real nice tie on for this part, though. I enjoyed his tie. <laughs> it turned, it was literally, I'm pretty sure he bought a, an original Boys to Men vest from like 1992 and turned it into a tie because it is <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Okay. So then we like, we meet the guy who got fired from his think tank for not being able to think very well because of the conspiracy. <laughs> he also, he, like, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to dwell on the arguments they're making because they're so fucking stupid, but at one point he says, he, he talks about all the powerful elites pushing climate change. Then, then he lists the powerful because I'm like, what fucking powerful elites? He's in the in on the list are, I quote, academics and environmentalists. Those oh, yeah, powerful elites. Rolling in it. Oh, yeah. They literally <laughs> equate things like Greenpeace, which don't get me wrong. I have a lot of negative things to say about Greenpeace, but they equate Greenpeace with like ExxonMobil. Yeah. Like their lobby yeah. is the same. <laughs> but this, you are being funded by ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil <laughs> gives a huge amount of money to CFACT. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Uh, it's so bad. It's yeah, so but bad. You got money from Barbara Streisand. Yeah, and, you're in the pocket of big Barbara Streisand. Bernie Sanders gave you some aluminum cans. That, yeah. Yeah, that counts, too. <laughs> all right. So finally, we have we have reached the end of all of our bullets, but the movie doesn't end. Instead, he says, so let's review what we've seen. Oh, yeah. Why no. did that have to happen? And then he kept talking for like many, many minutes. Well, there, this oh, movie descends into I, like a preview for the next movie and maybe a pitch for its Kickstarter. I know, right? Because the next movie doesn't exist. And this did not come out yesterday. No. 2015, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's been a while. They tease their next movie and they're like, if you if you fund our next movie, you'll find out about the time Mark Ruffalo was mean to me. <laughs> and then they show it. They show this amazing clip of him being like, so how come climate change is, uh, isn't is not always not real? And Mark Ruffalo's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And why are they trying to like get this thing crowdfunded? Isn't this paid for by, fo don't fossil fuel companies have lots of money? You I'm very confused. It's a backer's <laughs> audition for BP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, you know, and then we, we have to like throw a little bit of terrifying shit in there that we get that weird exploding kid ad and the, the Asian guy who's going to try to make smaller humans. Wait, what was that? Yeah. What was that weird British commercial where the kids? Exploded? I don't fucking I know. Have no they obviously cut it. off the end <laughs> so we could see whatever their point was. So it's just a commercial where two kids won't use like renewable energy so they kill them <laughs> yes. yeah they explode like it makes no sense oh yeah and they they talk to that guy matthew lau who um like who does the crazy geoengineering stuff he likes to talk about you know population control and like like making people smaller so they don't have to eat as much i interviewed him <laughs> once this shit is crazy but it's really fascinating but i love that the argument that they're shitting on is that 
population control and contraception. They're like, those things are bad. Like, that's yeah. what they're trying to say. Population control. <laughs> contraception. That sounds an horrible. awful lot like okay. genocide to me. <laughs> Thank you, Cara Santa Maria, who agrees with me that eugenics is actually good. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> because of the Nazi thing. That's on record. I appreciate that. We, um, he said not- it. He said it. I did not say it. <laughs> <laughs> can we not ruin the real podcaster's career here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a weird roller coaster of emotion with the Matt Lau thing. He comes on and he starts talking about it. He's like, yeah, so we're going to do some bioengineering. We're going to make people better. And I was like, oh, smart eugenics. I always try to make this really hard point to make. And I get yelled at because I'm a Nazi every time I say that. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, yeah, so we're going to make people short. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six ways. This is going after me now. Never mind. Matt Lau's a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) First, they came for the six foot four people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Keith, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. All right. Be shorter. Don't don't use the word eugenics. (laughs) (laughs) You can just like. You just just move away from that point, and it'll people might start agreeing with you. Genetic yeah. engineering, the CRISPR, the CRISPR is fucking awesome. CRISPR. I mean, come on, J- just call it the CRISPR, and everybody'll think you're really hip and cool. Yeah, or they'll think you're talking about breakfast cereal. One way or the other, you're you're mm. good to go. Way, you don't get accused filter. of Nazi. filter. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Did so- they actually call him a Nazi in the movie? No, no. Oh, no okay. I, I just did in my <laughs> he, head when he, he tried to come after tall people. He, he, I see. I see. I see. That's fair. <laughs> So and then we wrap everything up because we were so desperately trying to make three card Monty work as sort of the like connective thread of this movie. So he turns over four cards because you know how there's four cards in three card Monty. Yeah, it's like that. He turns over four cards that say don't get climate hustled, but they're all in different font (laughs) sizes. (laughs) One might as well be like scrolled diagonally down (laughs) the edge of the card. Because it couldn't fit hustled on there with the exclamation mark. (laughs) I love how every single one of us put in our notes, oh my God, it's the wobbly box. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) And then we end the movie with a barbershop quartet that doesn't believe in global warming. They found four guys, and how can you have 97% agree if they have four guys who disagree right here? Why? I can't help but equate these bar, like modern barbershop quartets are always like creepy white golf club men who are like angry Republicans. What is that about? I don't sing in a barbershop quartet either. Okay. (laughs) I I guarantee this barbershop is by the mime and his homeless mime buddies. That is. Well, see, I was totally, because there's four of us, I wanted to end with a little bar- barbershop quartet number that I wrote, but no, fine. No, we're a bunch of uh, country club Ba-do, Nazis. Boom, and- boom, boom. All right. So now I feel like going into this movie, I think it's safe to say we were all buying into this global climate change hype. Uh, where are we now? Any a- After hearing Mark Morano's arguments, anybody want to apologize for any public statements they might have made in the past? Well, here's here's where I am. I felt like he had a good chance to teach me some shit in this documentary, but he forgot to. Instead, he taught us nothing and then talked about all the cool shit he's going to teach us in part two. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I guess I just have to wait and see. Yeah, right, yeah. right. No, I feel leave, like it would ruin the continuity more. if you didn't hop back in on that sequel when that comes out. And watch <laughs> <that movie. laughs> 
shit. <laughs> that's locked in. So now that, that you actually bring up an interesting point, though, like like the sort of the who is this movie for? Right. Because there's no way in fucking how anyone is going to be convinced by this movie. There, there's nothing that this movie presents that's going to make a person who believes in the, the, the scientific consensus go, huh? Oh, maybe not. So is this really just a, a fucking a circle jerk for the Reddit folks that, you know, for the, the Fox News viewers to, to, to nod along to? No, I, I actually disagree with you. I think that there are people who do not um, basically don't have the training in skeptical thinking and scientific thinking or in like basic logic or rhetoric that will watch something like this and be like, this is convincing. You know, maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they've never thought about it before. Mm -hmm. And they watch this and there's enough hand waving. There's enough pretty pictures and there's enough. I mean, it is kind of embarrassing. Like if Mark Morano actually just wasn't in it, like if they just <laughs> left out all of those scenes where he was in front of a green screen, mm -hmm. I could see people watching this and being like, OK, that seems reasonable. It's not reasonable. Like it's very superficial, but it doesn't require that um, that, you know, much going into it. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, anybody with a modicum of common sense who watches this is probably going to be like, yeah, yeah, I think I just got climate hustled. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it, yeah, it's like, what the bleep do we know about climate change? Like, I Completely. feel like a, a certain amount of people can yeah. get, get roped on that. No, yeah. you're right, because I was I was, I was, was wanting so bad to argue against that. And then I'm remembering a, a college buddy of mine that was completely convinced by loose change. And I'm like, yeah, so, no, yeah. I guess so. All right. Right here on the podcast. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to name person. you, but. Yeah. I, I was All just right. asking um, questions. <laughs> um. I, I just got to say, um, my mind wasn't changed by Mark Murano, but I am going to get myself a nice double-breasted zoot suit. That's right. Sure. No, that's, that's <laughs> I've been wearing one the whole record, Heath. been wearing one the whole record. <laughs> All right. Well, Kara, I feel like people overuse the term can't thank you enough, but I am literally incapable of offering up sufficient thanks uh, for waiting through this uh, piece of shit with us. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. You bet. And if our audience wanted to hear a little more from you, see a little more from me, uh, where should they go? If you just go to com, you'll find Talk Nerdy. Um, you can listen to Skeptic's Guide. That's very easy to find as well. Um, or you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash talknerdy to support uh, my little old podcast over there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And well, that does it for our review of The Climate Hustle. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to sucker you back in again. So Eli, tell us. What's on deck? Well, speaking of the apocalypse, we'll be watching New World Order. Now, is this another doc or is this another apocalypse oh. movie? This is an apocalypse movie. Oh. We have no idea what's going to happen in that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that to look this forward to, we'll bring episode 158 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Kara Santa Maria for hanging out with us today. And a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptic Ride, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of B. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm an illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. I actually turned up the air conditioner while I watched this movie, so... Turns out science is real. 
The human race died of stupid. 100% of podcasters think this movie is stupid, even though we only asked four. No, that doesn't work, though, because then you can't... There's not 100 of them. 400, 400%. Oh, Yes. Okay, and then you carry the two, and what do you have? 97. 97, see? Yeah, but some of my guys said no twice, so... (sighs) Back down by two. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Doodly-doo. Doodly do. And this will be you giving a talk. It, it gets increasingly stalkery as we go. Okay. Um, so now that I get the send up, I'm giving a yeah. talk. Yeah. It's um, like, doodly okay, do. Okay. Doodly do. And then, the, yeah. Okay. Doodly do. Doodly do. Got it. Yes. She gets it. I get it. <laughs> All right. And action. Do I actually make the doodly do sound? No, no. no. We, okay. We can if you want. Uh, we, we encourage it. I, it was honestly, yeah, I probably should have said yes, but no, we can, we can, we can take care of her in post. <laughs> One vote for yes, if you can. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it. I'll do it at the top. Why not? Fuck it. There you go. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. Oh, I'm waiting for another action. Oh, Sorry. okay. And I'm like a action. trained dog. Yeah. Fine. All right. Is this the lost doodly do here, Eli? You've got it uh, numbered a little, a little weird. Yeah. What is doodly do five? It's doodly do three. Sorry. So should we skip button. five? Because the next one says three. Oh, this one is. Oh, you're making fun of them for not knowing how numbers work. Hold on. Hold on. I've got. Eli, Eli, are we 60% through the doodly doos? What's happening? (laughs) Did you make 60 doodly doos? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) All right. We've got the numbers now. Should we do X? Yeah. Okay. Moving on to X. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, copyright 2018, all rights reserved. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.